So as I begin this morning, I want to try something. Complete these sentences. It was the best of times. Very good. The hills are alive. Very good. Four score and ask not what your country can do for you. This one might be a little trickier. A long time ago in a galaxy. Very good, we have some Star Wars fans. These lines come from popular pieces of literature, movies, or speeches. And when we hear these phrases, our minds immediately go to a certain place of understanding. When we hear them, we remember the story or the event. Such was often the case for the authors of our biblical stories. So let's try these. The Lord is my shepherd. Very good. For God so loved the world. Okay, now I know a really easy one. In the beginning. All right, I heard confusion. Well, this one can be heard a couple of different ways, right? I might be recapitulating what you have just heard from the Gospel of John, what's known as John's prologue, but I might also be referring to in the beginning, the very beginning, Genesis chapter 1, where God created the heavens and the earth. But there's an interesting thing that John does here at the beginning of, the, of his Gospel. He begins this text at the beginning, the very beginning, the beginning of all creation, and he asserts quite boldly that Jesus Christ, God's only Son, came into the world for you and for me. Jesus was with God before the beginning, before God even uttered those first words, let there be light. John's prologue actually gives you the summary of the whole of God's story. In one fell swoop, God leaves us with no doubt who Jesus is from the very start. Sisters and brothers in Christ, Merry Christmas to you. Grace and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. So the beginning of the Gospel of John, as I said, starts quite differently, especially when we compare it to the other Gospels. We don't get the usual family tree like we hear from Matthew, where Matthew tells us the story of Jesus through Joseph's side of the family, tracing Jesus' lineage back to the house of David, where the Messiah would come from. We don't hear the full birth story, but we do hear that the Holy Family are good Jews. Luke is a little more descriptive, telling us the whole birth story, shepherds and angels. Luke tells us more of Mary's story and traces Jesus' lineage through Mary. But John doesn't move through the account of Jesus' life with the intensity and brevity of the Gospel of Mark. Now, all three of the Gospels, the Synoptic Gospel accounts, are really more focused on the human side of Jesus. But John goes back to the beginning and places Jesus with God in creation. John wants us and those that hear this writing to be certain again of who Jesus is. Jesus is God. He is God speaking into the world, telling us that we are loved so much that he would take on flesh and live among us. Emmanuel, God with us. And in doing so, God did not remain on high or in some far-off place, but he put on humanness. He came into the world, and he took on our sin. No, in fact, 
John does not at all start with a narrative of Jesus' life. What we get is a creedal statement, a statement of belief. It tells us who God is and even more so who God is not. Most specifically, it tells us how he comes to us fully in his son. But Jesus' appearance did not go unannounced. We hear again from this text that there was a man sent from God whose name was John. And he was sent to testify to the light so that all people might believe through him. John was sent first as the last of the Old Testament prophets, first saying, the one is coming. However, in Christ's presence made known, John's role changes, which is actually the role that you and I have as well, because he and we are all preachers, called to speak the word and truth of Jesus Christ into the world. John held the first evangelism and outreach event in biblical history, telling everyone that had ears, the light has come into the world. But John also tells us that there is darkness in the world. We grow up and live with the understanding that evil lurks in darkness. When I was growing up, my dad would tell me nothing good happens after midnight. And I would say that at face value, thinking back, that was true. But I also think that if we push past the initial fear of darkness, what I mean is low light darkness, there are some amazing things that God makes happen in darkness. We get to see things that we wouldn't see in any other way, like the vastness of the stars of the Milky Way, or to watch the magic of the Aurora Borealis. There are different creatures that come out in darkness. It's a time that the world slows down and the busyness of the day is hushed. It also is a time where we can hear more intently. But to be in darkness, either literally or metaphorically, can be frightening and surely unsettling. And if you are caught in the darkness of difficult times in your life, or that the devil has whispered his lies into your ear, telling you that God has abandoned you, well, darkness can seem like death. But John asserts what has come into him was life and light, the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. John the Baptist was the one sent to prepare the way, and though John himself was not the light, he came to preach to the light. When you hear that word testify, think of preaching. And he did a great job. He got people's attention and pointed them to Jesus. Now, John stood out to people. Maybe it was his weird diet, his strange wardrobe. Maybe it was the way he spoke. Listen again. He who comes after me ranks ahead of me because he came before me. How did he come before me if he's behind me? Either way, John the Baptist did a great job of announcing that the kingdom of God had come. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This was his job. Jesus is the spoken word of God. He created the world. He came down from heaven to bring us light and life. But the world did not know him. His people did not understand. 
They were waiting for the promised Messiah, or at least their idea of the Messiah. And even though John said he is the one, they did not recognize him. We often actually still don't. People in that time had a different idea of what the Messiah would be. They wanted a powerful leader, one who would defeat their enemies. So when Jesus came, the people were confused by his message of grace and truth. They were looking for a conquering hero, but Jesus came to serve. They were looking for someone to raise up the pious, the religious, but instead Jesus raised up the lowly, the broken, and the undeserving. There's a saying that I believe fits this understanding very well. My mind is made up. Don't confuse me with the truth. Their minds were made up. And Jesus confused them. He confused them so much that they crucified him because he did not fit their understanding. So today I ask you, who is Jesus to you? Is he simply an example to be followed? Is he your guru for a better moral compass? Or is Jesus your savior? Your light shining through the darkness of life. Scripture tells us, it actually tells us there will be darkness in life. But even more so, it tells us that God does not leave us there. Friends, the great promise brought to us at Christmas time is that Jesus came because God loves you. Christ came to show you that God is loving and merciful, that he is full of grace, that he is with you in all times. He came to be present with you and does not abandon you. And that he is right where he has promised to be, in his word and in his son. Jesus is God's word spoken into the world, and the good news is that God's word became flesh. This is what we hear from verse 14. It takes the whole concept and brings it to our humanness. And this is a certainty. This word took on your sin and died for it so that you may know God's mercy, so that you may know freedom from darkness. Jesus came into the darkness of human sin in the midst of all the ways the devil wants to separate you from knowing God, and he has defeated them. He's cast them into the darkness so that you may know the warmth, the power, and the certainty of his light. Jesus is the word, the word that dwells with us here now, telling you again that you are not left to the dark places of life, but that you are chosen, that you are a child of light and you are a child of God, a son, a daughter, an heir to all of God's estate. That is, heir to God's promise, to his light and eternal life. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness did not overcome it. Thanks be to God. Amen.